This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You know, as it pertains to Patra, we talked a lot in the offseason, you know, going to a season where we think it's going to be Coyle and Zaka as your number one and number two center. And uh, in the wake of Bergeron and Krejci retiring, and, and the sentiment was good enough to compete, not good enough to contend. And that the Bruins, at least at center, and, and the Bruins would probably have to address a number one center or at the very least, a bona fide number two center down the line through trade, free agency, whatever, outside the system. Does does Matt Potra's impressive camp and emergence as a potential top two center and certainly a future top two center, does that change the Bruins' need to acquire a top two center outside the organization in the near future? It certainly could. I think what it does is it, buys them time to see what they have. And this is why, or this is part of the reason I'm not going to sit here and pretend I expected Potra to make the opening night roster. But if you remember during our off season podcast, when we were talking about, you know, what the hell do they do? I said, like, I thought their options this summer going into the season were very limited. So I was okay with rolling what you have, seeing how the year goes, even reevaluating mid season. If you have to, and part of that was see how some of your younger centers develop, whether that is Patra, who obviously I thought was going to be in the OHL again. Now he's starting the NHL, whether that's Merkulov in either Providence or potentially Boston. Um, Brett Harrison's going to be a first year pro in Providence this year. So that was part of the patience as well was, I didn't think the perfect solution was out there, certainly not for a reasonable cost. So you might as well see what you have, let the season play out. And then if it, if it turns out that you're a pretty good team, but you still clearly need center help, then explore ways to potentially add that before the deadline. But yeah, Patra developing into, you know, a top two center would be huge. And he hasn't done that yet. Right. He's, He's made the team. He's going to start as a third line center. There's still a lot for him to prove. So like, let's not get too far ahead. And, and, you know, right. Like I'm not going to sit here and look at Patra and Zaka and be like, well, it's all solved. All done. Here we go. Like they're your top two centers of the future. But if things go well for both of those guys, that could be the plan. Like if Zaka continues to, improve on last season and really adapts well to a full season at center. If Patrick keeps getting better and sticks in the NHL and shows upside going forward, where potentially he's a number two center as early as next, next season, or maybe even some point this year, it's like, wow, that certainly goes a hell of a long way towards 
answering all of those questions. So yeah, it, it certainly lessens the need in the immediate future. Um, and I guess, you know, we might as well mention now, like one of the names they got linked to was, you know, all summer was Mark Shifley, who has now signed a seven year extension in Winnipeg. So he's off the market. That's one option down. Um, there's no guarantee there's going to be a great option there before the trade deadline next summer. So the more that you can solve this internally, just the better off you're going to be by far. Well, yeah, Scott, you kind of just took what I was going to say as well. It, it, it turned out to solve itself a little bit with some of the, the preparation that you had put in before. And that was drafting centers, taking wax, you know, you never know. It, it, it might be a guy you draft in the first round. It might be a guy, you know, you draft in the third, fourth, Pacha turns out to be someone they drafted in the second round. And they also were able to solve the center problem internally by adding Zaka previously um, and moving him over from wing to center. So um, it's, it leaves him in a good position as long as Zaka can play consistently at center. Um, and Patra, even if he just holds up uh, the way he's been playing through preseason and logs good minutes and, and shows good upside on a, in a third line role, though I do think he could end up in a second line role. Uh, it relieves the need to target a center aggressively. And maybe it leaves you open to other options at the trade deadline. Maybe you're looking for, um, you know, if you're a buyer, maybe you're looking to add another winger for Patra on the third line. Say he, it would benefit him to have a good um, scoring winger, maybe someone that is a little better at it than geeky. If you're, if you really think you're going to be a, a playoff team, maybe add, maybe it gives you room to add something else or in, in the off season, uh, maybe that becomes less of a need for you. Um, so it, it opens up other options for Don Sweeney to target at different positions. If you really like how this season goes with Beecher and with Patra, obviously we don't know, like that we're way ahead of ourselves on this because we don't know exactly how his season's going to turn out. Um, but if it turns out that he's, he solidifies that spot, then it really does make things easier. I certainly agree with that. And I think that the Bruins going forward, I think center ice should still be their, their draft priority because there, there's no guarantees as promising as we think Patra can be based off of this preseason that it is you can you can i feel like trade for and buy in free agency uh wingers a lot easier than you can uh top two centers <clears throat> so i think that uh that should still be a priority but i do think patra has been a you know a, a very very important development and certainly considering that you haven't even played a regular season game yet without patrice bergeron and david Krejci, um for, for it to happen that quick at least have a promising future, maybe even present top two center is, is a, is a very, very um, incredible development for the, for this team. So Bridget and Scott, one, one question we didn't get to last episode pertaining to the Bruins upcoming season is what defines a successful season for them this year for you guys? I mean, obviously last year, this time last year, they were starting without Martian and, and McAvoy and it was like, you know, tread water. That was the term used at nauseum. Uh, and 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 
till they get healthy and try to sneak your way into the playoffs and, and see what happens. And then as the year went along, it was very quickly cup or bust. Certainly at the trade deadline, certainly entering the playoffs, it was cup or bust. Anything less than the Stanley Cup was a failure. So clearly they failed last year. And when I ask this question, it's easy to sit there and say, well, the goal for every team is to win a Stanley Cup. But if you take a closer look at each team, they're all in different situations in their development, in their roster structure and building. So I ask you guys now, the Bruins lost a lot of key players last year from last year. They've also gained some players in free agency and a couple of younger players they've drafted and Beecher and Patra and eventually maybe Lorai. This team is still competitive. What defines a successful season for the 2023-2024 Boston Bruins for each of you? I would say the bare minimum is make the playoffs. Uh, as we talked about on our preview episode, we all still think they're a playoff team. In fact, we all picked them to finish second in the division. We threw out a poll on uh, on the Skate Pod Twitter account, which people should, should keep an eye out for more of those at the Skate Pod on Twitter. Um, we'll we'll throw up more pods related to to episodes, kind of trying to get you know some feedback from listeners. And you know, I, I just posted as where do you think the Bruins finish? For, you know, win the division, second or third in the division, fourth slash wild card, or miss the playoffs and the most common answer agreed with us that it was second, third in the division. Um, and over 90% had them making the playoffs. A very small percentage uh, said miss the playoffs. So I think that's fair to start there. And then. I didn't know we had Leafs fans following the skate pod. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then from there, like if you can win a round, obviously that to me makes it, you know, as we're looking at this before the season, I think if they win a playoff round, that makes it a successful year because, you know, while this is sort of a transition year and maybe just making the playoffs is enough and helps, you know, especially if you have some younger players in the lineup, helps get their feet wet. Winning a round going further than last year, avoiding going three straight years of first-round exits, like I think that's important. I think that's something they could really feel good about and start to build on where it's like, you know, if you, if you lose in the first round again, now you've done that three years in a row. And even though this is a new team and kind of a new era, you still like, you don't really want that attached to you. You don't want to be the team that, you know, now people start wondering, is that all you are? Can you get out of the first round? Like, for years under Cassidy until his final season, it was always, well, they're going to at least win a round. And then, you know, you hope they do more than that. Obviously they had a bunch of second round exits um, in, in the one cup final run. But I think if you can get to the second round with this team, that to me would sort of start to feel like the, the 17, 18 team where they got to the second round and then lost to the lightning but like at least it was something to build off, and then obviously that next year in nineteen they make a deep run. Yeah, I, I agree that like on a on a macro scale, defining a successful season for Boston would be making it out of the first round. Um, I don't think that the expectations are like 
cup or bust at all this season. Um, so make it further than last year. Um, maybe make up a little bit of for that um, embarrassing ending of the season. On a micro level, I think that defining a successful season would be seeing growth from those younger players is seeing uh, either, and, and I include Laura in this conversation, seeing one or all of them uh, make progress and really make the case to stay in an NHL role uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, also on a micro level, a successful season for them would look like getting the kind of goaltending you got last year, um, be hard to beat considering uh, the Vesna season of Allmark and just the shared combination of great stats between him and Swayman last year. But that would be really the start of a successful season coming from the back, right? Goaltending, solid decor again, and just hoping that guys who are young are able to really catch on with the team. And you know that at the end of the year, um, you, you know, the post-mortem of the season episode will probably have comments like, uh, you know, negative ones. Oh, they should have gone farther. Should have been, the, you know, trying to make it all the way to the Stanley Cup. But then we'll have our more optimistic viewers commenting that uh, it was just a good, good season to see development um, and, you know, having a little bit more of a positive outlook for next season when they have a little bit more cap space and when they've if they um, were able to see that they solved that problem at center a little bit. So, um, yeah, um, on a macro level, making it out of the first round on a micro level, um, seeing just seeing the development that you want to see um, and maybe getting Jake DeBrusque re-signed. I don't know. That could be part of it. Um, just, just having a better idea of what your future looks like, right? About what that next core looks like and having there be hope in that. Yeah. I, I'm in alignment with, with both of you on, on everything that you said. I think missing the playoffs is a failure. This team is too good even though it's a very competitive division and a very competitive conference, this team is far too deep, especially on the back end and goal. And honestly, I mean, yeah, like they're, they're deep up front too. Um, more so than other teams, I would say. I mean, um, yeah, like center, center ice clearly has been in a position of need all off season. We've said coil Zaka is not ideal, but, Potter's a nice develop development and and there's enough there. Okay. So this team is too good to, to miss the playoffs. That's a failure. Making the playoffs should be the bare minimum, which is a, a phrase that Scott just said. And, and yeah, I think winning, a, winning around as Bridget said, going further than he did last year is a success. So I think, I think another success is this team proving to themselves that, that they're good enough to make the playoffs without the leadership from Bergeron and, and, and the playmaking and defensive awareness from Bergeron and Krejci to make the playoffs without your top two centers from the year prior without going outside the organization to fill those roles is, is impressive. I don't think a lot of teams could do that. So um, that, that would be very, very impressive. And yeah, to, for, for this generation um, of Bruins players, uh, Bruins leaders from, for Charlie McAvoy, for, for David Pasternak, for, you know, Jake DeBrusque, Brandon Carlo, Hampus Lindholm, Johnny Beecher, Matt Potter, like all these kids that are, that are, you know, and I say kids, I mean, Lindholm's 30, <laughs> I think close to it. But um, my point is this is the next wave. And 
it, it's time for them to step up. I want like Charlie McAvoy. He he he's he's a top defenseman in the NHL. I still think that he has another level to get to um, offensively. I think, and I think he could be a little bit meaner game in and game out. And he's already one of the best defensemen in the world. So I want to see him take that next step. David Pasternak. Scott, I, I believe you were in the scrum. Somebody asked him, "How do you improve upon a sixty-goal season?" Well, maybe you don't score. Maybe you don't go out there and score sixty-five goals the following year, but maybe he improves as a leader, and maybe he improves on the defensive side of his game. Maybe he's more responsible in the, in the neutral zone. Like David Pasternak is always going to be, as long as he plays, until he shows me otherwise, one of the best offensive players in the world. But he can improve in other areas. And I think that takes leadership to recognize that you need to improve in other areas. So I just want to see McAvoy and, and, and Pashnak grow as, as, as those leaders because they know it's their time and it's their team. So um, yeah, I think from, from a, from a bird's eye view, a success is going further than they needed last year. Um, anything short of the playoffs is a failure. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think, I think, I, I I really want to watch Charlie Coyle like and Pavel Zaka. Like I think they're relishing the opportunity to to get more playing time and more minutes and bigger roles. Matt Potter is going to try to keep his role. Um. So yeah, I mean, at, at the risk of rambling, I just think I, I echo what you guys said. And there's a lot of you know storylines to follow throughout the year that would also be a success if these players can rise to the occasion. For what it's worth, a note a note on Coyle in the preseason and in um in practice, I I mean even today, uh, it does seem like Coyle and DeBrusque have created some chemistry, um on some of their like line rushes in practice. Uh, it, it seemed like those two always knew where each other was on the ice. I, I think that the chemistry has been building for them. So if the line is Marshawn Coyle DeBrusque, um, that's something that we'll keep an eye on. But I think that there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, and we didn't really talk about this yesterday, but I talked to DeBrusque at Media Day and asked him a little bit about like the chemistry with Coyle and Martian and just the the dynamic of that line. And you know what he said was like, those are two guys who want to have the puck a lot. They're really good protecting the puck when it's on their stick. And he said, you know, so like for me, that means if they're going to be the ones, you know, holding onto the puck. I'm the one trying to get open. And he's like, I, you know, I look forward to that. Like if he's in a position where it's, Hey, you know, I'm trying to get open in a scoring area and they're going to find me and my job's going to, you know, a a lot of time, or at least some of the time be the shooter on that line. Like that's a dynamic that could work. Cause you know, I would say Coyle certainly tends to hang on to pucks longer than Bergeron did. And Bergeron at times would even kind of be the, like the pop-out shooting option, right? Not just on the power play and the bumper, but five on five, he'd be the one finding that little bit of space in the slot and, you know, Marshan sets him up for a quick one-timer. Well, now it's, you know, it might be DeBrusque doing more of that. So, um, yeah, def- definitely be interesting to watch that line. And in the season that DeBrusque has in particular, obviously trying to build off a career year. Um, just one last thing like, I thought of in terms of, you know, where they finish or whether they can win a round. Sort of like another way to frame it is what that means just within the division and sort of how you can feel against that competition. Because 
if you finish second or third and you win a round, that means you've you're one of the top two in the division. That means you're, you know, competing for that chance to go to the conference final, which potentially means you've gotten revenge on Florida or at least gone further than them. And you can start to feel like, okay, we actually are a better team than that, than them, no matter what happened last year. If you're, if you go further than Tampa, all right, these are two teams who had to take something of a step back just because of their cap situation. We didn't take as much of a step back as they did. If you're ahead of Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit, you go further than them. Hey, you know what? Yeah, they're trying to catch us, but they haven't caught us yet. And now we already feel like we're building for the future too. And now we have this cap space. And you can just, you can really start to feel like you're staying ahead of all those teams who are chasing you last year. Maybe you still feel like, you know what? Most of them are still chasing us. You know, Toronto could finish first. We we know their playoff history. Like, you, you have a chance against them. So I also think there's an element of that if you're talking about just confidence moving forward, whether that's the players or even just the fan base. Like, if you can feel like you're still ahead of the majority of the division, um, that would, you know, I think that contributes to to a successful season too. Yeah, I mean, especially as it pertains to Tampa Bay without having Vasilevsky for two months, the Bruins are without a doubt the best team in their division as it pertains to goaltending and defense. And they're they're uncontended, in my opinion, especially with, with Vasilevsky out right now. So, I mean, that's that's huge. 